0: Hello and welcome back. Today, I'm going to show you guys what it takes to become a successful investor. Successful investing is a journey, not a one-time event, and you'll need to prepare yourself as if you were going on a long trip. Begin by defining your destination, then plan your investment journey accordingly. For example, are you looking to retire in 20 years at age 55? How much money will you need to do this? You must ask these questions. The plan that you come up with will depend on your investment goals. Know what works in the market. Read books or take an investment course that deals with modern financial ideas. The people who came up with theories such as portfolio optimization, diversification, and market efficiency received their Nobel Prizes for a good reason. Investing is a combination of science, financial fundamentals, and art qualitative factors. The scientific aspect of finance is a solid place to start and should not be ignored. If science science is not your strong suit, don't fret. There are many texts such as Stocks for the Long Run by Jeremy Siegel that explain high-level finance ideas in a way that is easy to understand. Once you know what works in the market, you can come up with simple rules that work for you. For example, Warren Buffett is one of the most successful investors ever. His simple investment style is summed up in his well-known quote, Never invest in a business you cannot understand. It has served him well. While he missed the tech upturn, he avoided the subsequent devastating downturn of the high-tech bubble of 2000. Know your investment strategy. Nobody knows you and your situation better than you do. Therefore, you may be the most qualified person to do your own investing. All you need is a bit of help. Identify the personality traits that will assist you or prevent you from investing successfully and manage them accordingly. A very useful behavioral model that helps investors to understand themselves was developed by fund managers Tom Bylard, Larry Beal, and Ron Kayser. So there's a graph with confident on the north side of it, on the west side is careful, anxious is the south side, and impetuous is the east side. It kind of shows between confident and impetuous is the word adventure, between anxious and impetuous is celebrity, careful and anxious is guardian, and careful and confident confident is individualist. The model classifies investors according to two personality characteristics method of action, careful or impetuous, and level of confidence, confident or anxious. Based on these personality traits, the BB&K model that I just explained divides investors into five groups. Individualist, which is careful and confident, often takes a do-it-yourself approach. Adventure is more volatile, entrepreneurial, and strong-willed. Celebrity is a follower of the latest investment fads. Guardian, highly risk averse and wealth preserver which is most likely more towards um more towards retirement you'd be more of a guardian and straight arrow which shares the correct characteristics of all of the above equally not surprisingly the best investment results tend to be realized by an individualist or someone who exhibits analytical behavior and confidence and has a good eye for value however If you determine that your personality traits resemble those of an adventurer, you can still achieve the investment success if you adjust your strategy accordingly. In other words, regardless of which group you fit into, you should manage your core assets into a systematic and disciplined way. Know your friends and enemies. Beware of false friends who only pretend to be on your side, such as search investment professionals whose interests may conflict with yours. You must also remember that as an investor, you are competing with large financial institutions that have more resources, including greater and faster access to information, which was kind of like the whole GameStop scheme that happened earlier this year. Bear in mind, you are potentially your own worst enemy. Depending on your personality, strategy, and particular circumstances, you may be sabotaging your own success. A guardian would be going against their personality type if they were to follow the latest market craze and seek short-term profits. Because you are risk-averse and a wealth preserver, you would be affected far more by large losses that can result from high-risk, high-return investments. Be honest with yourself and identify and modify the factors preventing you from investing successfully or moving you away from your comfort zone. Find the right investing path. Your level of knowledge, personality, and resources should determine the path you choose. Generally, investors adopt one of the following strategies. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. In other words, diversify or put all your eggs in one basket, but watch your basket carefully or combine both of these strategies by making tactical bets on a core passive portfolio. Most successful investors start with a low-risk, diversified portfolios and gradually learn by doing. As investors gain greater knowledge over time, they become better suited to taking a more active stance on their portfolios. Be in it for the long term. Sticking with the optimal long-term strategy may not be the most exciting investing choice. However, your chances of success should increase if you stay the course without letting your emotions or false friends get the upper hand. Be willing to learn. The market is hard to predict, but one thing is certain, it will be volatile. Learning to be a successful investor is a gradual process, and the investment strategy is typically a long one. At times, the market will prove you wrong. Acknowledge that and learn from your mistakes. All right, keys to successful investing and portfolio management. At its core, investing is simple. That doesn't mean it's easy. It just means that what you need for success is fairly straightforward. Be sure to keep this in mind In the back of your mind, it can help you improve your odds of reaching financial independence as you amass assets and create passive income. The best investors have the ability to spot the best moves on the market. Insist upon a margin of safety. Benjamin Graham was the father of modern security analysis. He taught that building a margin of safety into your investments is the single most important thing that you can do to protect your portfolio. There are two ways you can incorporate this principle into your investment selection process. Make conservative valuations. First, be conservative in your valuation assumptions. Many have a habit of extrapolating recent events into the future. When times are good, they may become too optimistic about their prospects. As Graham pointed out in his book, the intelligent investor, the chief risk is not that you'll overpay for excellent firms. The risk is that you'll pay too much for mediocre businesses during prosperous times. Be careful on this side of caution. This is even more true when it comes to estimating the future growth rates of a business to find the potential return. If you have a 15% requ- required rate of return, a business that generates $1 per share in profit is worth $15.42 if the business is expected to grow at 8%. But with an expected growth rate of 14%, the estimated value per share is $114. This is seven times as much. Dig into the numbers a company is giving you for its expected growth rate before you pay that much. So choose carefully. Second, only buy assets trading near your estimate of intrinsic value in the case of excellent businesses. On the other hand, Only buy those trading substantially below in case of the other firms. It's crucial to make sure you are getting a fair deal. How much you are willing to pay depends on a variety of factors. That price will determine your rate of return. In the case of an exceptional enterprise, paying a full price and regularly buying more shares can be a good idea. Here's an important note. These types of businesses may have huge advantages, economies of scale, brand, new brand name protection, attractive returns on capital, and strong financials. But those types of businesses are rare. When dealing with these sorts of firms, it is wise to demand an extra margin of safety. You may want to temper earnings through cyclical adjustments, or you may want to only pay a price that approximates no more than about 66% of your estimated intrinsic value, for instance. Let's build upon a prior example of a firm with the estimated value of $15.42. This means you wouldn't want to buy the stock if it is trading at $13.88. That is only a 10% margin of safety. $10.18 is a 66% would be a safe price because it would allow you have an additional downside protection in the event of a depression. <clears throat> Invest in assets you understand, like I said earlier. How can you estimate the future earnings per share of a company? In the case of a major beverage company, for instance, there are a few things you could look at. Per capita product consumption by various countries in the world, input costs such as sugar prices, management's history for allocating capital, and a whole list of other things. You'd build spreadsheets, run scenarios, and come up with a range of future projections based on different confidence levels. All of this requires knowing how businesses make their money. But many ignore this common sense. They may invest in firms that operate outside of their knowledge base. Unless you understand the economics of an industry and can forecast where a business will be within 5 to 10 years, it may not be wise to purchase the stock. Many investments fizzle out. This is true even when you do understand the industry at hand. The key is to avoid getting too excited. To be successful, you don't have to understand convertible arbitrage, fixed income trading strategies, stock option, valuation, or even advanced accounting. These things expand when it's available to you, but they're not critical to achieving your goals. Many people are unwilling to put some opportunities under the too-difficult pile, though. Even billionaire Warren Buffett, who I said earlier in this podcast, who has a vast knowledge in a variety of business areas, admits his shortcomings. At the 2003 Berkshire Hathaway stockholder meeting, Buffett responded to a question about the telecom industry. He said, quote-unquote, I know people will be drinking Coke using Gillette Blades, and eating snicker bars in 10 to 20 years. That was in 2003, and people are still doing those three things, and it's 2021 right now, and have a rough idea of how much profit they'll be making. But I don't know anything about telecom. It doesn't bother me. Somebody will make money on cocoa beans, but not me. I don't worry about what I don't know. I worry about being sure about what I do know. And that's the end of the quote by Warren Buffett. This ability to examine his strengths and weaknesses is one way Buffett has managed to avoid making major mistakes over his career. All right, part three, measuring operating performance, not stock price. Many investors look to the current market price of an asset for validation and measurement. In the long run, that price simply follows the underlying performance of the cash generated by the asset. During the 1970s market crash, people sold fantastic long-term holdings that had dropped significantly. They liquidated their stakes in hotels, restaurants, manufacturing plants, insurance companies, banks, and more. This was all because they had lost 60% or 70% on paper. The underlying enterprises were fine. In many cases, they were pumping out as much money as ever. Those with the discipline and foresight to sit at home and collect their dividends, went on to compound their money at jaw-dropping rates over the subsequent 40 years. This happened despite inflation and deflation, war and peace, incredible technological changes, and severe stock market bubbles and bursts. Some investors have a penchant for gambling. They may treat stocks like magical lottery tickets. These type of speculators come and go, getting wiped out after nearly every collapse, If you're ever disciplined, you can avoid that cycle by acquiring assets that generate ever-growing sums of cash. You can hold them in the most tax-efficient way possible and let time do the rest. Here's a tip. Whether you're up 30% or 50% in any given year doesn't matter that much. It's more important that profits and dividends keep growing at a rate substantially in excess of inflation and providing a good return on equity which is also known as ROE. Part 4. Minimize costs, expenses, and fees. Frequent trading can substantially lower your long-term results. This is due to commissions, fees, bid-ask spreads, and taxes. Combined with understanding the time value of money, the results can be staggering when you start talking about the 10, 15, 25, and 50-year stretches. Imagine that you are 21 years old in the 1960s. You, retire, you plan to retire on your 65th birthday, giving you 44 financially productive years. Each year, you invest $10,000 for your future in small-cap stocks. Over that time, you would have earned a 12% rate of return. If you spent 2% on costs, you would end up with $6.5 million. It's certainly not chump change by anyone's standards, but what if you had controlled frictional expenses, keeping most of that 2% in your portfolio compounding for your family in that case you would have ended up with over 12 million dollars by retirement nearly twi- twice as much as capital it may seem counterintuitive but frequent activity is often the enemy of long-term superior results so stay patient part five be rational about price the same so- the same stock that has a terrible investment at 40 dollars per share Maybe a great decision at $20. In the hustle and bustle of Wall Street, many people forget this basic premise. Sadly, they pay for it without their pocketbooks. Let's say, you brought a, let's say you bought a new home in an excellent neighborhood for $500,000. A week later, someone knocks on your door and offers you $300,000 for the house. You would laugh in their face. In the stock market, you might panic and sell your proportional interest in the business simply because other people think it's worth less than what you paid for it. If you've done your homework, provided an ample margin of safety, which I talked about earlier, and are hopeful about long-term economics of the business, don't panic. You should view price declines as an opportunity to acquire more of a good thing. But instead, people tend to get too excited about stocks that quickly increase in price. This is an irrational move for those who are hoping to build a large position in the business. Important note, Would you want to buy more gas if per gallon prices doubled? Why then should you view equity in a company differently? Those who behave that way are gambling, not investing. So keep your eyes open for opportunities. Like all great investors, famed mutual fund manager Peter Lynch was always on the lookout for the next opportunity. During his tenure at Fidelity, he made no secret of his homework. Traveling the U.S., taking a close look into the companies, testing products, talking to management, and quizzing his family about their shopping trips, it led him to find some of the greatest growth stories of his day. All of this was long before Wall Street became aware of these firms existed. The same holds true for your own portfolio management. Simply keep your eyes open. You may stumble into something good far easier than you could be by scanning the pages of financial publications. So allocate capital by opportunity costs. Should you pay off your debt or invest? Buy government bonds or common stock? Go with a fixed rate or interest-only mortgage? The answer to questions such as these should always be based on your expected opportunity cost. Another important note. Opportunity cost investing, means looking at every potential use of cash and comparing it to one that offers you the highest risk adjusted return. It's about evaluating alternatives. Imagine your family owns a chain of successful craft stores. You are growing sales and profits at 30% as you expand across the country. It wouldn't make a lot of sense to buy real estate properties with 4% cap rates in San Francisco for the sake of diversifying your passive income. You'll end up far poorer than you would otherwise would have been. Rather, you should think about opening another location. This adds more cash flow to your family treasury from doing what you know how to do best. Risk adjusted returns. When it comes to opportunity cost investing, the concept of risk adjusted returns is crucial. You cannot just look at the sticker rate and come to a conclusion. You have to figure out the potential downsides, probabilities, and other factors. Let's say you're a doctor with $150,000 in student loan debt and 5% interest. In this case, it doesn't matter if you can earn 10% by investing that money. It might be wiser to pay off the liabilities. Why? The bankruptcy code in the U.S. treats student loan debt as an especially poisonous type of liability. It can be nearly impossible to discharge if you fall behind on your bills. The late fees and interest rates can spiral out of control. It depends upon your the type of student loan. You can have Social Security checks garnished during retirement. It's far more vicious in many cases than mortgages or credit card debt. Even though it might seem foolish on your first glance basis, it's better to get rid of the potential landmine during moments of prosperity. Even if you regularly buy index funds through dollar cost averaging, opportunity cost matters to you. Unless you are more prosperous than many, you probably won't have enough disposable income to maximize all your retirement contribution limits. You have to look at your available option, then prioritize where your money goes first. This can help you make sure you get the most bang for your buck. So let's go over a summary. Here's how to reach your goals. Becoming a successful investor can seem like a daunting tax. However, the good news is success doesn't have one standard. In fact, successful investing is more about achieving your own money goals and not necessarily picking the right stock or beating the market. Try to match the market. Go for index funds. Go for the mutual funds with very low expense ratios. If you want to become a successful investor and accomplish your goals, let's go over the summary right now. Start as soon as possible. Compound interest is so important be consistent. Increase your contributions when you can. Did you get a raise? Did you get a bonus? Put it into the market. Go put it in the index or mutual fund with the low expense ratios, so you can retire a little bit early. It makes a huge difference the earlier than possible. Properly diversify your portfolio. Successful investors know not to put all their eggs in one basket. For many regular people and beginning investors, low cost index funds and ETFs, which are exchange traded funds, can make a lot of sense. Create a plan. An investment plan can help you chart your course forward. An investment plan is important because it acts as a roadmap. You can figure out where to put your money, decide when to rebalance your portfolio, and manage with withdrawals when you have a plan. Start by figuring out what, how you want things to end up and then work backward. Figure out which investments and asset allocations are likely to help you reach your goal Then put a plan into motion around what you discover. Also, you got to stick to that plan at all times. Always be careful who you listen to. There's so much crap, so much fake stuff on the internet, lots of pump and dump schemes, all that kind of crap. Just stick to your own plan. So that kind of wraps up successful investing in this podcast. I will see you guys in two weeks on Sunday September 26th. Thank you guys very much for listening and I hope to see you guys soon.